Okay, well, I too was at that meeting, and I thought of these two words as I sat there and listened. Um, And they were actually, first word was sad. Because it was not that they voted that way. I don't really see any other way they can at the moment. But sad. Sad that our nation is at this point. Sad that I am alive while this is going on. I thought this would happen well after I was gone and that our nation would turn, but not quite this quickly. But the other word was impressive. Sad and impressive. Because I was impressed with the community. I really was. Now, some pastors got up there and they say pastor things, you know, what we're supposed to say. But I wanted to hear from the people. And the rest of the people, I don't think I knew one of them. But it was godly. It was respectful. It was honest. It was from the heart. There was no bitterness, no rage, no cussing, no anger. They were God-fearing people speaking about their God. It was just awesome. I was very impressed and actually stirred. Um, For most of us, maybe, uh, I don't know about you here, but most of us might be looking at this as what a horrible thing that's going on to our nation. And that's true in one point. But listen, how did you get saved? What were the circumstances? Were they wonderful? Husband just loved you like crazy. Thanked you for every meal. Brought you flowers. Your bills paid. Live in the house of your choice. Buy any car that you want. Vacation anywhere you wanted. How did you get saved? Why did you get saved? Because you probably were in a good-for-nothing, hopeless, unbelievable, drunken stupor situation. Maybe. I was. You understand what I'm saying? You and I don't come to God until our feet are held to the fire. And God is now holding the feet of the church to the fire. He is. And I know you don't like that. But too bad. He's God. And that's what's going on. And His all-infinite knowledge and wisdom, He chose you and I to be here during this. So he must think something about you and I. He must have some good thoughts about you and I. God is saying, do you understand what has brought our nation to this situation? What has brought us to this um, silliness and foolishness and, and weakness and craziness and immorality, all that, has been a weak church. That's what's brought us to this situation. An absolutely weak church. Not willing or... Uh, Wanting to step up, I'm mean, not even going to get you know, men to come up and sing for God. So God has now saying, okay, mixture is over. It's over. God now is into separating. He's separating from the Christians from who say they're Christians. That's what's going on now. And he's going to use the laws and the backslidden America to do it. And this is where we are. Because Paul, uh, Paul said through Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 1 says this, I charge thee, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. This is quite a charge, he's telling him. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and doctrine. Now look, for the time will come. 
That time is now. We're in this time, and we have been in this time. That Paul was speaking about writing to Timothy years and years ago. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Who? That dumb world? No, the church. You and I. God says, through the Spirit of God, anointed this man to tell us, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to them teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. This is what's been going on in our nation for as long as I've been saved. That's why I proclaimed from the pulpit a number of times, I have been born again. I have been born again in a dying born again movement because we're losing the truth and the compass. And we're just kind of wandering and making every doctrine. I want to be a high priest and so now I can say what's right and what's wrong. And because we've been in this and walked in this so long, we now have the state of the United States in its sad condition. On a gurney, on life support, only by the mercy and grace of God. Waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. What do you think God's waiting for? 2014, the mid-election? Do you think he's waiting for 2016, the election? He's waiting for the church to stand up and be counted. So now God is saying, okay, you have turned from the truth. You're so mixed. There's so much mixture now in the house of God, in the gospel of God, in the people of God. All through my life, all through my saved ministering life, people have been going, well, if that's a Christian, and I'd have to go over and over. No, no, that's not. That's not a Christian. But we've labeled it Christians. We put our hand on it as Christians. We set it up on a, our mantle as Christian, and now they think, what is a Christian is what America is, and we're not. If President Obama has said anything right, he said this, America is not a Christian nation. We're not, according to this. We have the history, we have genealogy of men, but we've lost our way through fables and silly doctrine. Now, because of God's love for his people that are in America, he's saying, okay, mixture's over. It's over now. I mean, it is. It just is. 2 Kings 17, 15 says this. This is what we've done. And they've rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers, we have, and his testimonies, which he testified against them. They followed vanity, we did, became vain, we are, and went after the heathen that were round about them concerning whom the Lord hath charged them that they should not do it. But we did. Meaning what? Would become like the world. We have. And they left all, you understand, your eternal salvation is at stake right now. You have to filter what I'm saying. That I'm just not on a Joe soapbox. Or a sent from God, warning, preparing us, telling us, heaven or hell for you and I, by what you believe, what compassed you and turns you and directs you. So God says, 
I've charged you that they should not do like them. And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images, even two calves, made a grove and worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served Baal. And we have. We just have. Now, this is the condition, and this is why God is moving now the way he's moving in our lifetime. Hosea says this about us. Hosea 7, 8 says, Ephraim hath mixed herself, or himself. Mixed. We are mixed. You can take white paint and black paint, and it's mixed, and it becomes gray. And that's what we are. God says, I wish you were rather hot or cold, but I can't stand mixed. And so he says, Ephraim hath mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned bread. Strangers have devoured his strength. He knoweth it not. Yea, gray hairs are here and there upon him, yet he knoweth not. And the pride of Israel testifieth to his face, and they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this. Ephraim also is like a silly dove without heart. They call to Egypt, which is the world. They go to Assyria. Ephraim, a cake not turned, mixed. We are mixed. So this cake not turned idea is a bread, actually is what it is, burnt on one side and unbaked on the other side. So it is unedible. You cannot eat it. Uh, image of the worthlessness of Ephraim. It's useless. Wasted. How many times have you forgot about something maybe on the stove? The bottom of it is black and burnt and stench. And the top is not even cooked. Do you say to your husband, it ain't too bad. Try it out. Nobody wants it. You just throw it out. Good for nothing. Worthless. And that's what he's saying about us when we become mixed. And we have, where are the tremendous men of God that used to walk up and down our nation proclaiming the gospel? The women of God, the people of God. Well, I think John Adams was like 14 when he was an ambassador. Because we become mixed. Mixed. Now, I was in the sports good and deep and heavy and all that kind of stuff. And it goes, talks about here now, like a silly dove. A silly dove is a bird well known for simplicity, just dumbness, easily deceived. Okay? Now, to the sports part here, without heart, without heart, it says here, that is of no understanding, meaning no heart to tough it out, to dig in and find out, to hang in there, to come up and sing, to proclaim the glory of God. No heart. Ephraim. Because you're mixed. You're mixed with the world so much. You're mixed with your job. You're mixed with making money. You're mixed with this. And so God is saying, it's done. I'm done. You can have a fantastic, gifted, unbelievable athlete. And yet he has no heart. He'll last a year or two or three and be cut. Because he's no good. He has no heart. 
No heart. Now, I know Rocky Blower was a Vietnam veteran, was drafted by the Steelers, and had half his foot blown off, okay, while he had to go to the Army first. And it's over. His, his career's over. He wasn't a fantastic athlete. He just was one they drafted and hoped would work out. When his foot was blown off, I mean off, I don't know how much you can see, but from here up, no foot. And he's a running back. You can read his story. He, they manufactured some type of foot to fit his shoe. Because of his grit and his desire and his heart, he played years for the Steelers and was awesome. Back then, to gain 1,000 yards as a running back when they played 14 games was unbelievable. And the star for the Steelers at that time was Franco Harris. He got all the balls. And yet, in that year, Franco gained 1,000 yards and a half-foot Vietnam veteran who could barely make any teams gained 1,000 yards because of his heart. And God says, Ephraim has been mixed. You're silly. You're flighty. You're half done. And you have no heart. This mixed multitude is exactly as refers to those who wanted to associate with the people of Israel. Now look, I'm talking about the condition America is in. In the condition that you have been redeemed by the power of God to make an impact in. I want you to see what's going on so you're not just clueless or they took that picture down and you want to start some type of riot or something. I want you to see God's doing this. He is. What else could wake up America? Another Jimmy Swagger? Well, he went so far and then fumbled. Uh, Some other song? Or some really, 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 really huge church? That stuff doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. Look at us. We're worse than what we've ever been. So this mixed multitude refers to those who want to associate with church, the people of God, the Word of God, but do not want to count the cost and make a full commitment. Now that could be you or me here. And that's why I'm trying to tell you, look, heaven and hell is in the balance on the commitment you give God. And now you've got to admit, if you read the paper and can stand looking at the news anymore, if you've got a heart for it, things are bad. I can't quite remember how that one lady went up there and addressed the board, and I believe with all my heart that the board did not want to vote the way they voted. It's just that while we, the church, was asleep, they made all kind of laws. That now this is what's going on. But the one lady walked up, and they just had a shooting the day before in Pittsburgh in a high school that I remember. A 16-year-old shooting uh, 14, 15, 17, and enough. Didn't kill him, tried to. Just had the shooting. And she walks up and says something like, in a day and age when our children need to know morality, kindness, forgiveness, forgiveness salvation, and mercy, what's our answer? 
we take the picture down that represents all that. That's our nation, the lost, are acting lost. That's what the lost do. That's what you did before your eyes were open. Now, our eyes are open, and we've got to say, God, you've got to help us to do what you've called us to do. Mixture, it's over. It's really over. Look, Genesis 13, 9 says, In not, Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I'll go to right. So God is into separation. Separates Abraham and Lot. Abraham had the call of God and Lot tagged along. It came to a point where God separated them. Leviticus 22, 2 says, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel that they profane not my holy name in these things which they hallowed unto me. I am the Lord. God says, you are a holy vessel. Don't do this and this and this. And it makes no impact on us. We do it anyway. Almighty God is into separation. Acts 13, 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Separate. Just like being sanctified. You are to be a sanctified saint of God. Separate, it means to mark off from others by boundaries. I have boundaries given to me by God. That God says, I don't want you to go in there anymore. I don't want you to do that anymore. Mark off boundaries. You are separated unto me. Church seems to do anything and everything it wants. Anything and everything it wants. No, we do. We have a really nice Christmas movie for you just to like relax and enjoy because you almost can't go to any movies anymore. We watched it. We were shocked. We ended up, we're laying down watching it. We ended up sitting up by the end. Did they just pray? Did they just say God again? So the movie came. I got it sitting on our counter. I told Ruth, we better watch this again. Uh, it's probably an hour and a half. We're going to watch it again. But this time with the fear of God on us because we're bringing it into the house of God. Do you understand? That's what you and I should have as you bring yourself into the house of God. Because God is in to separation. Number 6.1 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow as a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord. When you give your heart to God, God has paid with his son's blood. He owns you. He owns you. So God now is starting to hold the church's feet to the fire. I told the Lord one time, things are too difficult to figure out, God. If everybody brings in a hundred spider webs, if you could, and we ball them all up, Make this big ball, and then all these problems, all these marriages, and all these situations, and all these people, and they set that big ball of spider webs on the pastor's desk and ask me to undo it. 
if you spend 20 years not living right, not living according to the word, and you ask me, to un- I tell God, I can't do it. This is impossible. Impossible, God. And God is now saying, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to separate sheep from the goats. And this is what's going on in America. And it's going to be for the good of America. It's for the good. It is. I don't know what will come from the picture coming down. I know hundreds went and bought Christian t-shirts. Awesome, awesome. But until the persecution came, until someone said, rip that picture down, no one would have bought t-shirts. Nobody would have thought of, let's make a t-shirt. So this is what this is for. Now, 2 Chronicles 6 or 2 Corinthians 6:17 told us for years, "Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate," saith the Lord, "Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters," saith the Lord God Almighty. I don't know if even any of us pastors realize how holy God is. How separate he wants us. How much? Matthew 13, 24 says, Another parable put he forth unto the saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. But while men slept, which we have, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. This is what's happened for years. For years to the point where I go, I can't figure that out, God. Be saved 40 years next year, probably 25 years. I'm going, geez, God, if that's a Christian. And now the last five years, I'm saying, that's not. That's not a Christian. And God's going to prove it now and show us. His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. This parable describes the work of an enemy who tries to destroy the work of man who's sowing good seed in his field. What pastors, if they're truly preaching the word of God, should try to do every Sunday. And yet tares constantly attempting to ruin the work. The enemy's purpose, sowing tares among the wheat, was to destroy the wheat. Look, you ask any any of my pastors and I that pray, this mixture has been the most devastating to the inner strength of the American Christian church. Because we're all claiming to wear his name. What do they say? 225 million Americans are Christians? Please! It has made us weak. It has made us non-revelant. And it has made us a non-player. What's been our great role the last 20 years? It's to get out of the world's way. This parable clearly describes corruption among the people of God. Wheat and tares. Wheat and tares. And you all look good to me. And wheat and tares look alike until. 1 Corinthians 14.8 has sounded this alarm forever. It says, for if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? Uncertain sounds. They had certain sounds. They didn't have texts and phones. They had certain sounds on the trumpet that would cause them to uh, um, dinner, split up, go here, and come to war. Battle! 
And they had certain sounds. If they give uncertain sounds, the people going, does he want us to come? Do you want us to stay? Are we supposed to go in the rear, in the front? So what are uncertain sounds today? Homosexuality is okay. Who told you that? Did God tell us that? Yet it's trumpeted throughout the land and behind pulpits. Romans 1 in New Living Testament, New Living Translation says, and the, men, and, and the men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women, burn with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffer within themselves the penalty they deserved. That's what's supposed to be sounding. That's what God said. Uncertain sounds. Sexual sins are all right. It's okay to live with somebody. It's okay to have an affair. It's okay to have a divorce. It's okay to look at porn. Okay to get pregnant. Who said that? Well, God's grace will cover all that. Who told you that? Did God tell us that? Is it God or not we're serving? Who's going to get us into heaven? Who's going to open the doors to permit us in? You've got to get this and get it now. Mixture's over. It's insane what we've done to the gospel. It's always been said if you can tell a bold lie and if you tell it loud enough and long enough, it becomes truth. And that's what I was sitting there thinking amongst 400 parents and people. Separation from church and state. That's a bold-faced lie. They said it so long, it's now become truth, and fools pass it as law. So stupid. But it's the truth. This is what's happened. It was a personal letter from Thomas Jefferson to a Baptist church. And now it made law. Insane. I could write a, law to, uh, uh, write a personal letter to Lenny and say, Lenny, you, need, you and I need to have separation from Dustin. hundred years down the road, we pass a law. Nobody is to like any Dustins. It's the same thing. Dustins are no good. It's, the, it's what's happened. How does it happen? Well, you and I were going... So, God says, look, if I don't do something, it's going to go chaos. Just like with the flood. If I don't do something, this is crazy. God caused the flood. And God is causing this now. I don't care if you don't like it. He is. I don't like it. But he is. Matthew 13, 26 says, it says, oh, Wait. All, all that sexual sin stuff. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, New Living Translation says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? You can sing when the roll's called up yonder all you want. You've got to make sure you're lining up with the Word of God. Please. 
Why wouldn't you? God says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he goes, don't fool yourself. Those in, who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols, commit adultery or a male prostitute or practice homosexuality, they're not coming in. God's end to separation. Matthew 3, 26 says, but when the blade has sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeareth the tears also. I swear that's what's happened since the day I got born again. I'm like, God, is this church? Is this really church? Are you kidding me, Joe? This is church. There's more bickering and fighting and crazy. This is church, God? And we know that we have offended so many people that they won't even come to church anymore. So God said, okay, I'll... I'll take over from here. A tear. What is a tear? It simply is defined as resembling wheat, except for when the grains come. They're a different color. And it also said, I found this interesting in the dictionary, it also said it has a global distribution. I thought, great. There's some pastor in Australia going, oh, mixture, killing me. It's true. They're found everywhere. For what reason? To destroy the wheat. To compromise the wheat. To get you to back down. Not stand so strong. Lean over with them. Change colors like them. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in the field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto me, enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? He said, nope. Nope. He said, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. And that's true, because I'll be going, God, is that person a Christian or not? There's such a good tear phony wheat that they have other real wheat believe in their wheat. And if I go like this, then they're all going to go. God says, leave them alone. A day is coming when I'll do it. We have storms going through our nation now. I'm not talking about the physical storm that might come today. Spiritual storms, social storms. He said, an enemy has done this. Leave them alone. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, bind them in bundles, and burn them. Now look. Oh, Bruce is not here, but I was going to say, Bruce, when you and I were in bars, did we drink among tares? They weren't thinking of church. They were rank heathens like I was. Where are tares at? They're right here. They sway with the wheat. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. It's talking about the Christians in our land. In the land. So let both grow together unto the harvest. But God says, I'm going to send them. 
my ter- he's going to come, my reapers are going to come, and they'll gather them, and they'll burn them. There is a separation. There is a real, live separation starting in the American church, all through America. The wheat and the chaff are being tossed in the air together, and the current storms of our society is having are causing strong winds of upheaval to blow and separate the chaff and the wheat. God takes his pitchfork, like it or not, and he goes, mm-hmm. and you, the social winds and the upheaval, and he throws us all up in the air. Taking a picture, God, what? And we get blown around, and the phonies are going to go. And those who come back down and say, God, live or die, we're going to serve God. God's going, that's my wheat. That's what's happening. I don't like being tossed in the air. I don't like the storms. I don't like the blowing. I don't, I don't like it. I told one guy walking out, this guy was huge, mammoth, big guy, weeping over their decision. I said, buddy, tonight it starts. Schoolhouse, it's coming to the church house. what you can say and what you can't say. <laughs> because these pastors, whoever needs thrown in the air the most is us pastors. I don't know if any are going to come down. Well, I don't, we're crazy. Matthew says this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You know who I'm talking about, right? Because you know the word. All right, listen to what he says. Whose fan is in his hand. Whose hand? The one I just talked about. Fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. And gather his wheat into the gardener, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. God's doing this. Little light, little start, got a little bit going. Because he wants it to burn through. What are you going to do, Pastor? What are you going to do? I'm going to say, please, God, please, God, let me stand. Let me stand. God, let me stand. That's what I'm going to do. Malachi 3, 2 says this. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. I hope everybody took a shower or a bath today. Don't be funny, don't be silly. Who used fuller soap? Not me. I don't know what I used. Some grapefruit perfume stuff or something. I don't know. <laughs> Barb true i got the bottle to prove it like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap or fuller's soap that rough coarse soap so this coming of the second messenger is going to be awesome and terrible sad but impressive awesome and terrible but with a purpose both the launderer and the refiner work to clean, not to destroy. To clean. Now we've made, you know, you're worth it in the L'Oreal and the perfume and the lotions and the bubble bath and the bath and body and God said that stuff's not working. You need fuller soap. 
and you need the refiner's fire. And God said, I sit as the refiner. And that's what's going on. Verse 3 tells us, And he, God, shall sit as a refiner and purifier of the silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi, you and I, the priests, and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness that we may finally worship and praise God and serve God like we're supposed to. But we can't do it without the fire. How many remember the message popcorn Christian? We see your hands. How many never heard of that wondering what I'm saying? Because it's preached so long you have no clue. Eight hands went up and two went up after that. So 70 don't know what's going on. Or... Remember the popcorn Christian, you are the colonel. And you have a purpose in life. You are to explode from the inside out to become popcorn. We're talking about for God, doing a work for God. Okay? God is the refiner. He puts you on the heat and the fire. And he shakes you back your whole life. And he's wanting you to pop for God. Do something for me. Live for me. And he turns up the heat, gets it, and we start going. Before, we want to be left on the shelf, our all little kernels together, watching our Christmas movie. And we want to say hallelujah when you tell us to. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Perfect, you did it. Perfect. (laughs) So what happens when that, when the popcorn is distributed to those who God wants it to, and they eat it and they get a burnt kernel, what do they do? What do you do? God's saying, all right, enough. Turn up the heat. You're going to pop or you're going to burn? You're going to be fulfilled or you're going to be spit out? Look, I'm, I'm not like condescending talking to you. I'm talking about me. Do you understand the position I'm in? I'm going, oh my gosh, God, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. He will purify the sons of Levi. In the first two chapters of Malachi, the Lord spoke out against the corruption in the priesthood. Pastors and the people, the corruption, the foolishness, oh my gosh, the fake revivals, the phony this and the dumb stuff and transferring that. And I'm going, oh my gosh, God. Here God gives his ultimate answer for that corruption. The Messiah will come and he will purify Levi, the Levites. You don't get any land to inherit it. You get God to it. He's your inheritance. The Levites, the priests, the royal priesthood. God's people. Verse 4, then is the end. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord. Look, as in the days of old, as in the former years. Then we will serve God like we're supposed to. Then we will walk with God like they did when he purifies us like silver and like gold. We're mixed. We're so mixed. 
okay to divorce and remarried. If you divorce, you're both saved. You're like, what? What do you mean? It's okay to drink yourself drunk and silly, use some excuse about wine and the word of God. On and on and on and on it goes. And our country is on life support. (laughs) And we're bickering over these stupid, silly, meaningless, foolish stuff. And so I believe mixture is now over. And there will be the test and the throwing up into the air. The wheat and the chaff are going to be separated. That's what God's doing to America. That's what God's doing to the American Christian church who say they are Christians. Us. Let's stand. Now look, again, to remind you, all this is because God loves us. You know the slang word that we use for a child who has no father, no one to care for him. He's a, that's what we would be if God didn't care about us and left us to ourselves and our own in the midst of all this heartache and turmoil and what's going on. And God says, no, I love them too much to let them alone. And so he's starting the purifying process, starting to mixture, to separate to burn away what's in you that's going to cause you to fall away from God so that you'll be able to stand in that day. And so now here, just at this altar, all I can say is what I'm going to do and just say, God, you've got to help me, please. Help me, Lord. I'm not going to be, I'll never, no, I'm just going to say, God, help me, please. I want to stand in these last days, and I don't know what's going to come against me, Lord. I don't know how bad it's going to get for a preacher or for a pastor or a church, Lord. I have no idea. All I know is I see it coming. And God, you've got to help me, please. That's what the altar calls. If that's where you're at, let's come. Let's open up these altars. Just simply continue to ask God for help. God is going to need a people that will be able to put their arms around those that come. Frightened. Nowhere to go. No idea. What's going on? What's happened? He needs a church. He needs people that have tested the fire, have walked through the flood. Someone that could slip their arm around another brother and say, it'll be all right. God will take care of you. Let me tell you what he's done for me.